Coffee Break with the Mountain Astrologer. Hi, I'm Tim. I'm the publisher of the Mountain Astrologer. And I'm Shannon Garcia, the design director here at TMA. We're really excited to bring you this first episode of the new Mountain Astrologer podcast. The readership collective that's grown up around this magazine is really strong. We want to reach out between issues now to let you know about different things that are happening in the astrological community. And also, we want to give you a look behind the scenes here in the office as well. Really, there are two things that we're going to explore a little bit first in this first episode. TMA itself, a little background about the magazine and how it's evolved over the years. And of course, one thing we want to touch on is coffee, since, well, coffee is really what runs this place, let's be honest. Well, I have my coffee right now, actually. I don't at this exact moment, but really, I'm from Seattle, so in some ways, coffee is always with me. It also makes me waterproof. And in part two, we'll just get into some of the details of what's coming up in the August-September 2015 issue that'll be coming out just imminently here. So, Tim, tell us a little bit about how the Mountain Astrologer got started. It's definitely its own entity. It's got its own chart. It definitely isn't something that you just happen to do. It does. It has its own energy, and it always has. And the beginning was November 24th, 1987, at just after noon, a few minutes after noon, in Nederland, Colorado, which is just up the hill from Boulder. And, um, yeah, the magazine started then. It um, started very humbly. It was very small. It grew gradually over the years. A couple of years after it started, my partner and TMA editor, Kate Sholley, came along. And then we just started accumulating people and moved around quite a bit. Ended up here in Grass Valley, California, which is in the Northern California foothills. And we've been just chugging along ever since. So that makes the Mountain Astrologer Sagittarius then. Plus it's old enough to buy its own liquor and have its quarter life crisis and be done with all that. So it's a Sagittarius sun. Yeah, it's a Sagittarius sun with a Capricorn moon and Aquarius rising. There's a lot of Sagittarius planets in the 10th house, and the sun is actually in the 9th house of the chart. And uh, what's interesting about it is that the progressed sun, after 27 years of existence, the progressed sun is moving into Capricorn this week in early July of 2015. And also... The magazine had a progressed new moon in early 2014, and we're starting to see the beginnings of a new burst of energy, a new cycle of growth. It took, you know, a little while for it to start getting traction, but it's definitely showing up now. That's true. New things are popping up all over the place now. Including this podcast, but there's also a lot of other, um, well, some business things happening that are new. And what's interesting is that with Jupiter and Leo the last nine months or so, ten months, and for another couple of months, I have a lot of Leo in my own chart, and Jupiter and Leo has sent the reinforcements in terms of the magazine. People were starting to show up last year who had Sun-Jupiter aspects, a couple of Sun-Jupiter conjunctions, including yourself, Shannon, and also a Sun-Jupiter trine person who's helping us with the advertising department. So there is a lot going on. Well, there's always a point where the king's messengers come calling and say that the kingdom needs you, right? Well, it was definitely needed. It has been neat to see all the right people showing up at just the right times, though, and it's exciting to be able to participate in that, really. Yeah, and I think a lot of that does have to do with the progressed new moon cycle, with a new moon happening. It does seem like before the new moon, 
it was, I don't want to say idling, but it, it just didn't have the energy for a lot of new things. And since then, there's been some real movement. I think most people can relate to that on a personal level, too. You know, you get in your balsamic groove and you're really at the end of that whole thing. And it's that's the time to be winding down old business. So tell us about how you and the Mountain Astrologer got started together. What prompted it? It wasn't a magazine when you got going, right? It was a newsletter because you were you started as a consulting astrologer, didn't you? Yes, I was a practicing astrologer, not doing too many readings, and I wanted to do more. So I made a flyer. And then I realized the flyer wouldn't be enough. Um, It would get covered up real fast with other flyers. So I decided to do a little eight-page newsletter. And then I decided to charge money for it because I couldn't afford to print very many. And I figured if people paid for it, they'd at least keep it or look at it. So that's how it ended up being a magazine that went into stores and became a business and a thing all by itself. It was quite organic and unplanned. It does seem like it has its own plans, really. Yeah, it does. It does. And it drags us all along behind it with its mission. I still get dragged, even with coffee. Deadlines. Constant deadlines. I think that's part of what makes TMA stand out, not just in astrology, but in small research communities in general, is that reliability and the editorial standards are a real mark of success, I think. Because it's dependable and you know what comes out every other month. You know where to find it. Like I can walk into Barnes & Noble around here or you know, go to my local co-op or Whole Foods and it's right in the checkout aisle. Like I know where to go. I know where to find it or at you know, a local newsstand here. And I, yeah, you know, like organic growth has, I think, led to a real public presence. So I'd say it's worked out pretty well, really. Yeah, we have a really hardworking staff some great editors here and in the office we have we have one full-time editor a couple part-time editors and a full-time circulation person and myself and another part-time person so we really handle a lot of work here with a very small staff we also have a lot of great associate editors who work elsewhere but right here in the office it's a pretty small group Nice. And just about everybody who works on the day-to-day business is down there in Grass Valley, right? I think I'm the only person up north here. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that was a fun peek back into TMA history. So why don't we clear our heads for a second, and then we'll come back and I'll ask you about the upcoming issue. Okay, so to switch gears a bit, can you give everyone a rundown of what's coming up in the next issue? Because we just wanted to press, so... Yeah, we just sent the August-September issue to the printer about a week ago, and it's it's ready now to post digitally. In fact, this podcast is coming out on Sunday, the 28th of June, and by the time the podcast is posted, the digital edition will be posted. So any subscriber can log on um, at mountainastrologer.com, log in, and gain access to it. And the, the August-September issue is a really great issue. It's got um, an article on autism research and the Sagittarius, the, I'm sorry, the Pluto and Sagittarius generation. It's written by Ray Robertson. And then there's an article on Hillary Clinton and the next U.S. election and what her prospects are for the election. That's written by Adrian Ross Duncan. And then Frank Clifford, who's one, who's a guest editor with TMA, he works with Theme Issues. He's finishing up a, uh, a three-issue project. And in this August-September issue, he's focusing on forecasting and practice with 
articles by four different astrologers looking at two different charts and how they approach the chart and how they forecast. Yeah, and there's also part two of Bernadette Brady's article on fate and free will. This one's called The Mythical and Mystical Tools in the Astrologer's Hands. Also an article on astrology apps for mobile devices by Hank Friedman. And then we're continuing Lee Lehman's medical astrology column and a number of other articles, including our forecast section, which is quite detailed. So there's a lot, there's a lot in this issue. It does really seem like every issue is jammed full because we publish every other month, not every month like a lot of people are used to with most magazines. And so we have the chance to really present some in-depth material and then you get a chance to digest it for a little while. And this forecasting series is kind of an ongoing project, correct? Because the last issue that we did was pretty big and extensive as far as forecasting goes. Yeah, it started in April with some more kind of like the framework of prediction and forecasting in astrology, some of the philosophical questions around it. And the June issue had a number of forecasting techniques explained, and then this, this finishes it up in the August-September issue. Okay, so then you don't need to have read the earlier issues to understand what's going on in the current ones, correct? They build on each other, but you can still come in midstream and figure out what's going on, yeah? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, perfect. So I know one other thing, too, that's ramped up lately that has been a real TMA tradition is humor. And it does also seem like some people take more seriously than other people do. I know even this last round you were posting some things on social media and some people were taking you more seriously maybe than other people. Not everybody knew when you were kidding. Well, we do these. Uh, occasionally we do fake ads, humor ads for made up products, which is a lot of fun. Uh, one time we had a book that we put out there called Planets in Trouble that showed an asteroid slamming into the Earth, which was especially fun to do. Did anyone order the book? No. I didn't, no. The, the ad was so over the top, nobody ordered it. However, back in the 90s, there was this little thing that we put in there that said Aquarian Age Cream. Somebody actually did try to order it. Really? Yes, Aquarian Age Cream. So I guess you wrote a good ad then? <laughs> no, it wasn't very good. So there's comics or something funny every time then, right? There's cartoons in just about every issue, yeah. And there's some in this issue that's just coming out. We have about five or six different cartoonists. In fact, we've had an avalanche of cartoons coming in over the last year. For a while, we just had kind of barely enough. But now we have just a huge amount coming in. So how is it that you keep all this new content flowing into the magazine? Do you go out and recruit writers or do people just send things in and you see what you're, whatever you get? How do some folks go from reading the Mount Astrologer to maybe publishing an article in it somewhere? Well, that's a good question. Well, for one thing, on our website, on our homepage at mountainastrologer.com, we have at the bottom of the homepage, there's a link for writer's guidelines. So anybody who has a topic to pitch or an article to propose can read those and that explains how best to do that. And a, a lot of times we'll just find articles and writers by going to a conference like the recent NORWAC conference in Seattle in May. Kate and I went and we talked to a lot of people, we attended a lot of talks, and we arranged a number of articles and a few interviews. And, you know, it's always a question of whether the articles will actually happen and materialize over the next few months, but many of them usually do. And so we're kind of excited. We're filling up four or five issues in advance here. And so it's good we can kind of plan and organize the issues with a lot of choice. 
So you and Kate and some of the magazine staff went to Norwalk this year. Do you have any other conferences on your schedule this year or any other community events or other things you're planning on doing? Right now, I don't have any plans for the rest of this year for any astrology events that I'm sure that we're going to go to. We tend to be kind of bogged down here with a lot of work, so it's kind of it's hard to get away. But I try to do at least one conference a year, and um, in 2016, I'm sure there'll be something, if not later this year. Well, being the publisher of Rolling Stone was a lot of work, you know. I mean, Rick Levine said that right on stage during his Norwalk keynote. He got up there and that said that his first interview with the Mountain Astrologer, he felt like Mick Jagger being interviewed for Rolling Stone. And he just lit up while he was talking. He actually looked around for you in the hall while he was speaking and said, where's Tim? And he's looking and there he is over there. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, you published Rolling Stone. Did you know? Exactly. Yeah, he he said that um, it was real interesting. He said that because of that in- interview, Jeff Jower and he were able to hook up and start StarIQ.com because Jeff read the interview and was impressed with Rick. And I didn't know that, so it was really great. Yeah, and then Jeff decided maybe he wasn't such a bad guy after all. <laughs> it was a great talk. Oh, I think I think Norwalk records those actually, but it was pretty neat. I didn't know any of that stuff about either of them, but. And frankly, I didn't know that about you either. I didn't know you ran Rolling Stone. I didn't have any idea I was working there. I didn't know either. <laughs> so there you go. You're a star maker of astrology. How meta is that? <laughs> nice. Well, I'm sure everyone who's listening to us now is either at the end of their sink of dishes or is close to being done with their commute or almost finished dusting or whatever it is that you happen to be doing right now. Or needs to get a refill on their coffee. That's true. Each episode here is going to be about the length of one jaunt to the coffee shop. Because make no mistake, I mean, coffee is really what runs this magazine. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting how the podcast develops. I'm looking forward to it. Well, thanks, Shannon. It's been fun. Well, thanks. We should do it again sometime. How's the Sunday after next work for you? Sounds good. Take care. And thank you for listening. So we'll catch up with you again in a couple of weeks. You can find The Mountain Astrologer at Barnes & Noble Booksellers, Whole Foods Market, PCC Natural Markets, or local specialty bookstores and newsstands nationwide. To subscribe to the print or digital edition, or to read a free sample copy, please visit us online at www.mountainastrologer.com. Take at the end or something, that's all.